I'm leaving on a jet plane. That always makes me think of Armageddon. Which one was that? Oh, was that the one with Bruce Willis on mm -hmm. the asteroid? That shit was dope. They should yeah, make an anime out of that. <laughs> but with Bruce Willis playing the voice of Bruce Willis? <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. I mean, like, you also have to have Steve Buscemi as the voice of Steve Buscemi. But here, here's what I want. I want that, but I still want it to be sub, and I want every other character to speak in Japanese except <laughs> for Steve Buscemi and Bruce Willis who speak English. Yeah, definitely Ben <laughs> Affleck does not need to speak. No, we can leave Ben Affleck out here. <laughs> um, great. I'm just going to put that in as our cold open. <laughs> Perfect. Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we made it through Anime NYC 2021. Yeah, and most of us didn't even catch COVID. <laughs> most of us. More on that later. Yeah, we'll tell you all about it. Um, but first, we're going to get into our usual banter, followed by a little bit of anime news. And yeah. Uh, first, I'd like to start off with a Comey check-in. Yes, let's check in on Comey. It's it's still amazing. It's perfect, and I love it. And I, <laughs> I'm so glad I can finally die in peace now that I've seen it. Uh, I mean, but then you wouldn't get to enjoy the rest of the episodes. Well, no, I mean, after it's over. Yeah. yeah I have what a, if there's I have another season? Mm, well, we'll see. <laughs> they better announce it quick. Yeah, the, the only thing keeping me alive is Comey. Um, so, basically, business as usual. Yeah. Uh, it's great. The most recent episode, I literally watched the episode episode that just dropped yesterday or maybe it dropped today i don't remember but i watched it and it was good um yeah, i still need to watch that yeah it's super fun um it was super cute uh just like every other episode of it is it's it's everything i wanted and i'm glad that they didn't mess it up and it makes me excited for like some of the like really anticipated upcoming properties that we have you know uh, our chainsaw mans our spy x families yep. all those yeah um, yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's really good. It's one of the few times where I'm just like completely satisfied. I really don't have anything to complain about. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I, it I've, feels weird. I've been searching because it, it kind of almost feels disingenuous to be like, it's perfect and you should watch it. I don't have anything else to say, but I really don't have anything yeah, else to say. No, it's perfect good. and you should watch it. <laughs> um, in terms of other things that like we've been watching, I, I also want to give a shout out to Meruko-chan. Mm -hmm. Um, the world has kind of expanded recently in the show. So it's not like just about like, um, you know, these scary ghosts. There's like more things going on in kind of like a deeper, like spiritual world that we're kind of starting to explore. Um, it's just a surprisingly good show. And I was saying the other day that I think it is one of the best blends of comedy and horror since Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I mean, it's really fun. Um, I love the artwork. Both the the character design and, like, the monster design are, like, fantastic. Um, and the and, panty lines. And the panty lines. Yeah, you know, like, it's just... Uh, actually, to be it's, honest with you, it's tapered off on that a lot. It really has, which has been nice but it, it's just it, it still cracks me up because every time they do kind of the like fan service thing I, I just flash back to like oh yeah this is the guy who did like redo of a healer and it's yeah. just so wildly different it really is um but it's a really good show um 
you know, it's 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 given me some something horror related that I actually enjoy. So I yeah. I like it for that. It's if you don't like horror, it's a solid comedy. And if you don't like comedy, <laughs> which is like weird, then, I'm sorry. Then what is wrong? Do you with need to you? talk to someone? Yeah. Do you need a hug? Um, but uh, the horror element's really good. I guess you know if you're just like really into horror, it's you know the the monster ghost design is top notch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think our, our, the final thing I kind of wanted to talk about today is just do a little check-in on my girl's frontline journey. Uh, for those of you who don't remember or who Are we going to need episode, a girl's frontline sound effect? Yeah, maybe. Um, but, uh, I started playing a gotcha game called Girl's Frontline. Um, if you don't know what it is, check out, I don't know, the internet. Um, we explained it the other episode. Not important. Anyway, um... Basically, the premise is that I want to play this game and I want to see how far into it I can get before I have to spend money. Um, and so Are you going to spend money then? No, I'm not. I'm just going to stop playing. Um, <laughs> like, just straight up, you're like, done. You're going to put it down. You're never going to touch it again. Well, I might not, like, never touch it again, but, like, I won't make any meaningful progress. Okay. Um, but, so, I haven't quite hit that point yet. Uh, I made, I'm at level 40, um, which... Are you starting to feel the, like, money burn? Yeah, so you're starting to feel the pinch now. So what's happening is, basically, I'm running out of space for the, to get new dolls. Uh-huh. So, like, oh. I, well, that's what they're called. They're, okay. That's what the androids are called. They're called Got dolls. It. Um, so basically, like, I have to, like, break them down to materials and, like, you know, use them for enhancements and stuff. Like, I can't just keep stockpiling them. Pokemon Go does um, that, too, right? Like, they're, yeah. like, you can only hold this many Pokemon. Exactly. So, like, you can expand it for, which, for gems, which is, like, the in-game currency that you can, you, you can also get with money. Um, you can get it through regular grinding. It just takes a long time. Yeah. So, like, it cost me like 380 gems to get an extra 10 slots. Um, I did that once. And then I spent another 280 gems to like get another team. So like you can build, like you have a certain amount of teams you can put together at once. Um, but like, like I said, I'm starting to feel the crunch on that. I'm also starting to feel the XP grind because I've pretty much reached the point where I can no longer really level up just through playing missions like you have to at some level use enhancements and use um mm. you know these kinds of tricks to get more x to get more levels out of your squad basically oh, interesting um so like you have to kind of get a little bit creative with it i haven't like i'm not ready to call it yet i haven't quite reached the point where i need to spend money but i can feel that it's gonna get it's getting close like we're reaching the bottleneck interesting um there was, uh, there's this one YouTuber that I watch, um, Beat-em-Ups, who broke down the, um, Pokemon MOBA game that came out recently, and, like, how much you, how many hours you would have to theoretically put into it, rather than spend the money to, like, get all of the upgrades, and it was something yeah. insane, like, 10,000 hours. Yeah, and I mean, at, at a certain level, all gacha games are like that. Yeah. Like, they, they, it's like a funnel, almost. It's, um, like, on the surface, like, oh, yeah, this is totally doable. Yeah. Um, but, and in theory it is, but, like, in practice, like, you know, it's not. Yeah, because, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's designed to make you spend money. Uh, actually, on this note, I'm curious, since you've been playing the new Halo, this is tangential, but I am curious about yeah. it. Um, the the season pass for that. Yeah. You've been working on that, right? Yeah, um, it's, it, there, it, it, you know, this is not exactly going to be a hot take. This is a pretty common view among people who've been playing the game. Um, the battle pass is too hard. 
in Halo. It's way it requires way too much work um, to get like the your different levels, and it's something that they are aware of, and they have said that they're working on. Um, I read an article fairly recently, I think it was like a week ago, that said like you would have to spend like. I don't remember the amount of hours. It's a ridiculous amount of hours to unlock, like, the latest, like, armor set that they have available. Um, they're like, yeah, it's functionally impossible for most casual players. Yeah. Um, I started doing, like, my, like, uh, character, like, adjustments uh-huh. and was like, oh, all of this is behind a paywall. Yeah, they don't give you a whole lot of options right out of the box. Um, Which, it's still in beta, so, like, I, I'm yeah. refraining from judging it, but, like, it's... I was still kind of, like, taken aback by, like, oh, I can't really do much here. Yeah, and I will say, like, you know, my my frame of reference for this is Apex Legends, because that's the game that I usually play. Um, and the Battle Pass costs the same. It's about 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Apex, you get a much more rewarding progression. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, like, you have some rewards that you're less interested in. Like, sometimes they'll give you music packs or, like, little gun charms that I... I'm sure somebody uses, but I don't. Mm. Um, but there are a fair amount of skins, like, you know, recolors, retexture skins along the way um, that are, you know, that are good. Whereas with Halo, I feel like I've been playing probably about an hour or two each day for the past couple of days. And I'm only on Battle Pass level three. Mm. Like, and like, that's not to say like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a top tier Halo player, but I'm also no slouch either. Like, I win games. So, like, the fact that I've only managed to get three Battle Pass levels out of probably, like, maybe six or seven hours of play total um, is, you know, (laughs) is something to think about. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Would you recommend me getting the Battle Pass? And then we'll actually go back to talking about anime. (laughs) I would say wait to see what they do with it, because they have said they're going to change it. What they change it to will affect you know, what I would say about that. Also, we'll see what happens once the game actually launches. Yeah, and it also depends on whether you're actually into stuff like collecting skins and, like, and stuff. Because some people aren't. Some people I just, just want to play, play the, the game. Campaign. If you just want to play the game, then, yeah, don't even bother. Yeah. Because there like is still a free battle. look nice, too. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. If you want to look <laughs> nice, you need the battle pass. There is still a free battle pass uh, progression, yeah. but it doesn't include a lot of skins. Yeah, that's... The, well, I'll start working on that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's about it for our, for our check-ins for this week. Um, so I think this is probably a good time for us to go ahead and check in with Studio WEEB for some anime news! Alright, first up today we've got some very exciting news about Made in Abyss, which as, you know, you may or may not know, is getting a second season after the movie, uh, which was horrifying. Um, (laughs) to say the least. Yeah. But uh, at an online fan meeting for Made in Abyss, uh, there was a debut of the first English subtitled promotional video and a key visual for uh, for Made in Abyss, the Golden City of the Scorching Sun, which is a baller name. Yeah. Also, uh, which is the second how are you going to have that in a giant hole? Well, I mean, listen, you know, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not a whole... <laughs> Something horrible, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of news on this front. I mean, they have announced a couple new characters... Um, they've announced most of the voice cast, uh, I think the entirety of the, uh, the core voice cast is returning for the second season. Um, but, uh, basically this is just good news that, hey, it's progressing, it's coming. Um, you know, there is, there is more, there is more to come from Maiden Abyss. 
uh, and their awesomely named <laughs> series. What was what was the the name of the game? It was something like Binary Star crashing into yeah. the something. I was, oh, like, it was like Meteor sounds, Blast. Or, it sounds yeah. like a post rock band name, like a <laughs> like a Explosions in the Sky cover band or something like that. Uh. Um, it was really good. Yeah, super rad. So good job on that Made in Abyss. Uh, speaking of good job, uh, <laughs> the official website... I'm, how are you going to say this? I have no on? idea. We're just going to gloss. <laughs> uh, the official website for the television anime of Kotoro Shono's World's End Harem, science fiction manga, uh, science fiction, that's how not really how I would describe that, uh, announced on Friday that the anime's new premiere date is now January 7th on Tokyo MX, BS Fuji, and ATX. Those are all channels in Japan, for those of you who don't know. The airing will begin again with the anime's first episode. Um, the show was previously slated to uh, premiere on October 8th, but it instead only aired the first episode as an advanced screening, which is a very interesting way to put that, uh, with the rest of the show delayed to January due to a need to closely examine the anime's production. Uh, Crunchyroll was slated to stream the anime. Now, this is interesting because those there are a couple of phrases in that press release that are doing a lot of work here. First of all, <laughs> science fiction is not the word I would use to describe this show. I just... Um, I love how, like, all the writing on the wall is the exact same yeah. as interspecies reviewers, and it's just, like, history repeating itself. Yeah. Advanced screening, it seems like a very press-friendly way to say... Oh, we put in we, a little too much TA. Yeah, to say, oh, we need to take a closer look at this because we might have screwed up. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, closely examined, that's a way for them to say, we need to figure out what we need to uh, Actually, we accidentally made hentai. Yeah. Um, Our I, bad. I think this is going to end up not being as bad as interspecies reviewers because of the fact that they were like, that they were like, whoa, we need to take a step back here. I'm pretty sure what happened during this intermediate, uh, during these intervening months was they took a look at the show's script and were like, okay, this is what we're cutting to keep this show on the air. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I would be very surprised if they had cut anything from the episode they've already aired. Yeah. Um, we'll probably never know exactly what got cut, or maybe we will. Who knows? Oh, um, I'm sure they're going to release it on Blu-ray. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so this is uh, this is interesting, you know, just to see that it actually is coming back. We were a little on the fence about that. Um, well, what hasn't been announced is whether or not Crunchyroll is still going to stream the anime. I have so, a feeling, uh, if they don't, at least Pornhub will. <laughs> well, if they don't, probably High Dive will, because High Dive is like the intermediate, like, you either, if you can't make it on Crunchyroll Funimation, you get down to High Dive. If you're too, ra <laughs> if you're too raunchy for High Dive, uh, that's when you get sent down to Pornhub. Um... But yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens on this one. Um, this may very well be a candidate for the next uh, the next um, installment of anime was a mistake. Um, we'll see. I think yep. it would be interesting <laughs> to do an anime was a mistake on a show that is currently airing. Um, but yeah. Um, speaking of a show that is currently airing, that's a threat of a transition. There you go. Um, the uh, Blue Period is actually being delayed in its distribution via Netflix. So uh, production was originally streaming with a two-week delay. It was airing in Japan on television, and then Netflix was distributing it uh, across the world. Uh, that has now gone up to three weeks due to, quote-unquote, unforeseen production delays. Yeah. Uh, Japanese television releases have not been affected. So kind of my take on it is that this is probably something to do with the localization 
translation or the dubbing process since Netflix is kind of doing like day and date, like dub in yeah. all the languages. Uh, well, day and date is in two weeks later. So Right. It's a simul dub sort of. Yeah, um, Funimation used to do this all the time, and, and then they scaled. They were at one point they were doing it like day and date. Then they scaled back to a week, then two weeks, and now they're kind of just letting the season air. And, yeah, and then it's coming after. Sometimes, like you know, there'll be six episodes behind or something. And I think that's for the best because I've listened, to, I've seen, you know, watched some of the simul dub shows, and the simul dubs in a lot of cases were not good. Like, and, and I'm not, like, criticizing, you know, the voice actors. It's not even, it, most of the time it's not the voice actor's fault. It's the fact that they try to do a almost very literal translation from J uh, Japanese to English. And that leads to the dialogue being incredibly clunky. It leads to some, like, non sequiturs, like, sentences that just don't make sense. Yeah. Um, and I think it's better, and, like, this is kind of something that I was, you know, that I, I'm, I'm not glad that the show is being delayed, but I do It'll appreciate... It'll make the quality better. Yeah, I do appreciate that they're taking time to do it right, as opposed to just rushing out something that doesn't work, which is what I was talking about with 86 the last time we, uh, we joined. Um, so it's kind of a bummer, because I really like this show. Yeah. Um, I did not expect to like it as much as I do. Uh, we have probably the best girl of the whole season... Yeah, um, with the, the uh, art teacher. Te art teacher, yeah. Yeah, Both she's great. Both teachers are great. We, and it's good because they have two art teachers. And I think one is best girl and the other one is waifu. Yeah, that's so, true. So, like, um, I'll let you guys figure out which is which. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think with that, too. Um, so, one thing that this, like, makes me think of is I think if Netflix is getting involved in their, uh, you know, doing these dubs, simul dubs in all these languages, I think it would be interesting if they could include that process in the production of the show. I don't know if that's anything feasible to do, but it would be interesting to, if they could kind of design it from the ground up with like the dubs in mind and maybe kind of like have that going simultaneously with that. Yeah. I don't know if that is something that can be done, but like you know, when they when they drop a whole season of anime, like they have everything lined up together too. So like maybe there's a way to get you know right. Well, working together. Based on what I know about the way anime is produced, the the typical ways an anime is produced, um, it's probably not possible for a show like Blue Period because net what Netflix is doing for Blue Period, they're not producing it. They are distributing it. They're it. distributing it. Right. So they are not involved in the day-to-day -day production process. However, there are shows that Netflix is getting involved in the uh, as a producer. Those are the shows that we talked about, I think, probably like maybe three or four episodes ago when we talked about Netflix expanding into some more uh, anime. Um, and I think in those cases, it's definitely feasible for them to, yeah. be, to have a, a, a more... a process where the dub is less of an afterthought not an afterthought that's not a good way to put it but like it it occurs as part of the the production process right. as, as opposed to after the production process yeah um so we'll see how we'll see if that's a thing that happens but um yeah um the next thing i wanted to talk about was uh miss kobayashi's dragon maid is getting a video game and it's debuting on march 24th Ew. yeah i'm super excited about this um so it's going to be uh, Kobayashi-san Chi no Made Dragon Sakuretsu uh, Korogon Breath. <laughs> uh, 
um, the scrolling shoot 'em up game based on Cool Kyoshinjia's uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Kobayashi-san Chino Made Dragon manga revealed on Thursday that the game will debut on March 24th. Uh, the limited first edition of the physical packaged edition will include a guidebook bonus, uh, exclusive manga by four creators, uh, and a PR card in an exclusive illustrated box. There's no word on if there will be an English version of the game. Uh, Kaminari Games is developing the game. They are a subsidiary of Moss and known for developing the Raiden series of scrolling shooters. Yeah. Uh, I'm super down for a side-scrolling shoot-em-up game uh, of Dragon Maid. Like, that sounds like everything I've ever wanted and yeah, didn't I know mean, I needed. I'd kill an afternoon with that. Is it going to be, <laughs> is it like a phone game or is it like a... I think it's like a Switch game. Oh, for the Switch? Okay, yeah. I dig that. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that'll be fun. I don't generally play too many anime games, um, but I would play this game for sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, if it's Dragon Maid, like, just take my money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think this is probably a good time uh, before we get into, like, the core of what we're going to talk about this week. Um, we have had a chance to, to watch uh, Cowboy Bebop. Um, so let's get on into a little section that I have named, Do This Cowboy Be Boppin'? So yeah, uh, let's... I would say a disclaimer. We, this is this is our first impressions of yeah, the show. We've, we've both watched the first two episodes of yeah, it. Yeah, we've watched two episodes. Uh, we haven't watched everything that's out at the moment, but... Um, we did. We have had a chance to at least kind of see what the show has to offer a little bit. Yeah, we'll give a more like fulfilled view of it once we've completed it as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, did you want to start with the with your first point? Yeah. Um, the music slaps. It's yeah. so good. It, Yoko Kano is yeah. the is the musician. Here. Yeah. So she's she's the composer. She was the yeah. composer for the original um, Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. Uh, one of the things I really love about the music in this live-action version is um, it does a good job of melding the old songs from the show mm -hmm. and newer songs that I feel like they mesh in a really good way. Yeah. Because um, I was worried, you know, because I, of course, wanted to hear some of the older songs in the show because it's a classic and it's part of, you know, the nostalgia factor. But I didn't want them to do only the the, the old music for yeah. the show because that'd be weird. But I also didn't want them to only do brand new music because yeah. then it's like I don't get anything to scratch that nostalgia itch. Um, so I think they they balance that really well. Yeah, and all the new stuff is is just as good as the old stuff. There's yeah. no dip in quality with that. Um, I was I don't know why, but I was a little surprised that it's 10 40 minute episodes. Yeah, um, like full length uh, hour long shows basically. Um, so it so far I've enjoyed it. Uh, I know there's a lot of like mixed things on the internet about it, about it, you know, kind of being like a um, like a, a mediocre cover band version of it is what I kind of keep hearing. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the hot take amongst like a lot of the bigger like you know review outlets and stuff. I listen, it has its problems. The first I will say this: if you're if you're planning on picking this up, watch. The first two episodes. Don't just watch the first one. Because the first yeah. one, I feel like, suffers a little bit. And I, I'm really not sure why. Like, the... the it's because it's pretty much shot for shot. Like... Yes, but also, like, 
I don't know, like this, if I was going to put this show out, this would not be the, the, what I would, how I would present the first episode. The CGI in the first episode was pretty bad and the fight choreography was also not good. But well, some of it was all right. Uh, I had I didn't I, there was some of it that I was like, uh, I'm not with it. But the second episode, yeah, was so much better. I think I was, that some of the fight choreography is not even that it's practical, that it's like it, they're kind of doing anime fights. Well, I mean, I just feel like there was the they did it better in the second episode than they did in the first. Yes, so I was agreed. like, why? Why the fights was were this, better in the second episode? Well, yeah, I was like, why was this so you know subpar? Um, but you know, as far as the storyline goes, um, you know, they did change a couple things. It's mostly being fairly faithful to the story. Uh, we won't talk about exactly what they changed, just because we don't want to like spoil anything. But like. You know, they are doing... Yeah, form your own opinions on that. <laughs> yeah. They are doing a lot of things shot for shot, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things that they kind of, like, tweaked and changed locations on a little bit, which is, you know, which is fine. Um, I don't expect everything to be a 100% shot for I, shot. Nor do I want it to be. It's yeah. a different medium. It would be it would be weird and kind of boring. Um, so I think they, they handled that pretty well. Um... What do you think about, uh... I mean, I, the, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was the kind of look of it. It, the, the CG's not the best, but it's also not the worst. Like, uh, it has a very specific look to it, and I think it's, it's kind of their take on what anime looks like in real life. So it's like kind of an anime stylization to everything, to the costumes, to the sets, to the... You know, just world at large. And there were things I liked about it, like the um, there was one shot that was like a uh, you know like satellite view of Mars and the kind of colonization of Mars and how that looked, and I thought that was like a really cool little touch. And like you're like, oh, interesting. You can kind of see how the cities like spread out, but like kind of this only thing on this like big red planet. Yeah. Um, I do think what they did with the ship was really good. The ship, the ship looks good. The ship looks fantastic. I love the way they've kind of... Okay, so one of the things that Cowboy Bebop had that was so interesting and remains interesting, you know, even when you rewatch it today, is how, like, the tech looks. The tech mm. is supposed to be, like... It's like you have things that are, like, like scanners this... and analyzers and, and, like, all sorts of crazy stuff, but it all looks like old, like, kind of, like, like CRT monitors. And, yeah, like, it's tube radios weirdly i feel like if this movie came out or if this (laughs) series came out in uh the like late 80s it would have been right at home yeah like it would have just like fit right in it would have been a huge hit yeah especially like with with the kind of it's i don't even know if there's a word for it but the kind of aesthetics that they have Mm. like I don't know, like, you have things like steampunk and grunge punk, and, like, I don't know what punk this would be, but whatever it is, I'm into it. I also really love the sets. I think the sets are really cool, and any time that you do things, like, practically and you build these sets, um, I think it really adds to it. Like, the, the one that sticks out is there was, like, this one bar that had this like beautiful neon sign above it, and it just, like, I think it was in, like, New Tijuana or something, and it just yeah. looked 
excellent and the casino looked really good um oh the casino looked great yeah you know the kind of like uh syndicate elders like hall was like oh yeah that was good like too. it was really cool looking um so there the production design i think is top notch yeah but i guess as long as we're talking about you know the elders and the syndicate and all that we should talk about some of the casting stuff yes the casting for the most part is fantastic i love it yeah i, I love jet jet is fantastic Jet's john great. cho is good john cho um, is better than i thought he would be and he brings something different to spike well that's what i think one of the most important things for me and one of the things that i was most worried about as far as the casting with john cho goes is like i was worried that he was going to try to make his voice like grittier and more gravelly to kind of match that kind of spike well, jet sounds just like Jet sounds perfect. Yeah. But, like, I was worried that they were going to try to do that with John Cho because John Cho does not have that kind of voice. Even Faye sounds a lot like her character. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's better that he doesn't try to, to pretend mm -hmm. to have that voice. I think going with just his natural voice, it was the right move. And yeah. I think it works out And fine. he does that kind of, like, laid-back cool really well. Yeah, he's got that kind of, like, almost, like... I don't really care. Like he's, yeah. he's, you know, he's very ambivalent. He's chilling. Like he's not, you know, he's not trying to go for that super gritty, like, I don't know, like, you yeah. know, kind of voice. <laughs> yeah. but, um, before we get into the casting that we don't like, uh, I will say that I know there are some of you who are like diehard cowboy bebop fans who are wondering if the three old guys are going to be back. And yes, they are. The three old guys are here. So don't worry. Yep. Um, I won't say anything more about them other than that they're here and it's hilarious when it comes up. Um, but for the casting that we didn't like... Vicious. Yeah. We don't <laughs> like Vicious. It's weird. I, okay, I have two comparisons that I really like. I think he looks like a, a weirdly jacked Lucius Malfoy or a much less sexy uh, Henry Cavill from The Watcher. From The Witcher. Witcher. <laughs> the Watcher. Watcher. <laughs> Whatever. I will say this. It is weird. Like, okay... He's first of all, the hair does not work. The the hair does no, not work. It looks the so out of place. Is weird. He's the yeah. only guy with a British accent in the whole galaxy, apparently. Yeah. Um also like the whole thing, like where he's jacked, like is he jacked? He's got like just like he's, he's got a little he's veiny. Yeah, he's <laughs> real veiny. Dude which, needs like, blood pressure medicine stat. Which like I'm I'm not like, you know trying to like body shame like the actor no. or anything it's just like it's just weird it, it is just it doesn't fit the casting as far as everyone else does yeah like, like it, it's so bizarre because like in the show i don't think we ever see vicious without a shirt on in yeah the show. and they're like and they're like the like very first shoving it down see, your yeah, throat the first time we see him like, for look at like his nipples episode, he's topless <laughs> look and it's like at why them. is this like this um it's so weird and out of place and like his I would have chosen anyone else. Yeah. Like, he, to me, Vicious is kind of like a... He's basically Orlando supposed to Bloom. be... He's, like, similar <laughs> to Spike. Like, he's supposed to have the same kind of, like, character concept as Spike because they're, like, they're, you know, basically yeah. sort of, like, brothers. And, like, for him to just be so radically different, it's, like, it was jarring almost. Yeah. Um, I will say a lot of people also were kind of hating on... Faye because they were, they wanted Faye to wear the same costume that she wears in the anime and it's like okay come on like you you kind of had to know in your heart a little bit that that wasn't going to happen like it's probably going to be a cameo at some point during the show oh yeah yeah 
Um, but like obviously they're not gonna have her running around in like the crop top and the short shorts, you know, hiked up with it, that's not happening. Yeah, it was never gonna happen. So uh, why did you, you know what costume like I am thrilled that they did though? What's just that? because it's like an iconic costume is the um, quick shot or what's it called? Oh yeah, yeah. Um... Quick draw or something. Quick like that? draw. What the big like, shot? Big shot, big shot. The bounty show. They, like both those characters are like they're dead so on. perfect. Oh my god! And the music was good. <laughs> oh man, big shot was great. Uh, I was really looking forward to that, and it did I like not disappoint. The OP too. Yeah, OP is good. It's. I mean, the OP is basically just tank, but with some extra added on stuff. Yeah, um, and it works. So uh, you know, all in all, I've been enjoying it. I think it's you know. And it's not perfect. It's not. And I feel like if you did, if you expected it to be perfect or you were expecting it to be something it's not, that's on you kind of. Yeah. Like if you... I think it's probably better than we, I kind of like, like it, it could have very easily been bad. And yeah. It could have been probably should have been, but like this is, this is serviceable. Yeah. Um, this is not the like, oh, wow, they did it. They cracked the code. This yeah. is the most amazing thing. But it never was going to be. You're not going to take the best anime has to offer and then, like, just suddenly make it the best television has to yeah, offer, too. it was never going to do that. And, like, I don't know. For what, it, for what it is, for what it does, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Let's get um, more of this. Do, like... Do some shows that lend themselves to that medium more, I think, would be fun. Yeah. Um, do My Love Story. <laughs> oh, God. I think they already have a live-action My Love Story. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, you know, what, what do you guys think out there? Please direct your hate mail at us for liking this show. I'm sure there are some of you out there who do. Um, but you can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Now, while I do expect some of you guys to send us some hate mail, just know that we do love you. Um, if you love us too, then why don't you go ahead and give us a review on your podcast supplier of choice, or particularly Apple Podcasts if you really want to help us out. And if you nasty. If you nasty. Uh, if you leave us something particularly kind, witty, or funny, we might read it out during one of our episodes, and gee, wouldn't that be neat. Um, but with all that out of the way, I think it's time for us to go ahead and move on to the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. No. <laughs> what? Do it. Do what? Do it. Say it. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Say it. Uh, fine. Meat and potatoes. We did it. The best boys went and and crew went to Anime NYC. Yeah, I mean, basically the entire best boys extended universe went to Anime yeah. NYC this year. Um, it was kind of a wild experience on a ton of different levels. It was. Um, I don't even know where to start. I guess. Um, well, let's take it chronologically. Yeah, let's start with day one. Um. We were smart and showed up early. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we we did show up early. We did have press passes, so that helped us that out helped. a lot. But if you were there, or if you know someone who was there, you will know that the lines were wild. There are some people who waited upwards of four hours yes. to get in on the first day. And also the first day started late. Yeah. So it 
what it ended at the same time right it ended at the same time but it started it started at, at like, like one o'clock yeah, or one. something um, so there was only like six hours of con that day so if you waited for three and a half hours like the rest of our group did you basically got two hours of con before you were kicked out yeah. which is wild to have paid for that and gotten like less than a quarter of the day <laughs> especially because at a traditional con which we'll talk about a little bit later how this was not this is the time when you're getting your limited edition swag you're lining yeah. up for your stuff you've scoped out the booth that you want to hit which first. fortunately or unfortunately was not really an issue this time yeah um but you know um you know if you if you had to wait online for four hours by the time you get there everything's gone yeah um so that's wild. Uh, so I guess this... we should also elaborate as to why the lines were like that. This yeah. is obviously not like normal cons because COVID is a thing. And, we're, you know, for those who don't want to hear about COVID, this is going to be kind of a big part of this story. It is. Because, um, I mean, this is the first this is the first Adam NYC since, you know, COVID hit. Uh, the last one was 2019. Mm-hmm. Um so this is know. our first con back um so and and it definitely affected it so even just down to the lines the reason the lines were so backed up is that uh vaccines were mandated for uh to be able to enter yeah uh, you had to show proof of vaccination and identification and you were given a uh wristband um to show that you had it, uh, or that you had been vaccinated and that you could go into the con. Yeah. In theory, this was a good idea. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I do think vaccine mandate for this was a good thing. Yes, absolutely. And As will our story will also <laughs> go to prove. Yeah. And the plan was, and I, 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 I get where they came from. I don't blame them on this one necessarily. Their plan was, okay, we have this wristband. And it was a, it was a heavy-duty wristband. It was one that you could wear for three days and yeah. you wouldn't get lost. And their idea was, we're going to check everyone out on the first day, and you know, once we get through, they won't have to do it again. But, here's the thing. They failed to account for how many people were coming. I think they only had two entrances running at the first day. At Which first. is also interesting, too. And I, and I kind of want to take a side tangent on this for a second, because there were a lot of people at this con. There were. There were way more than there were in 2019, like, by a long shot. Yeah. And and I for a lot of this, I want to compare it to previous anime NYCs and not directly to other cons because of kind of how they responded to everything too. Yeah. Um, but uh, there were a lot of people, which I was surprised by because I thought they would have some sort of limit to the number of people there because of COVID, right? Right. And especially because, you know, the layout of the floor, they did definitely space things out more than they did in yeah. previous years, but then they just let more people in than last time. Yeah. So it's almost so it's a watch which like i understand like you need to make money on it right? right but it also you know with the amount of like you know uh returns that are doing on tickets right now like you know <laughs> maybe there was a balance to that yeah um but uh but yeah essentially there were there were a ton of people there they only had two entrances they had sent out an email a couple of days ahead of time saying that you could get like pre-verified you right. could get like um you know your tickets ahead of time but it was only two days ahead of time and during like work hours yeah it was it was basically like you know from eight to five on a thursday yeah which like 
if, at the Javits, like at you're going to you're going to go had, all the way to the Javits Center. If I had known about it ahead of time, I would have taken that day off also because I would have gotten Alyssa, Best Girl Alyssa's ticket on that day too yeah. because I had to pick you know I had to pick up her ticket as well. It ended up working out fine because we were able to get in early anyway. But like. You know, if you're going to do something like this, have the plan ahead of time so you can send it out. Like, when when the email goes out, like, hey, you know, when your ticket is confirmed, say, listen, we're going to have early pickup days. They're going to be these days to this day. You can pick it up at the box office as opposed to two days beforehand. So you have a mad dash to get that early line. Yeah. And then the people who can't get it are left in the lurch. So for me, the biggest thing with... And and I kind of want to be like productive with this podcast and not just like dunk on like anime NYC for their shortcomings, but like talk about what we've experienced that could like maybe be better too. So for me, a lot of the issue was that they were trying to people were trying to pick up their passes, get their vaccine status checked, and like get you know their bags checked like through the door like yeah. all at the same time. And it was, like, right at the entrance to the, like, the actual building itself. Yeah. Now, what other cons have done in the past is kind of, like, set up a stanchion at the front where there's, like, you know, you have to, like, go through that and then you're kind of in that Javits, like, complex. Yeah. So I think splitting up, and, and I think part of it's a num- an issue of number of, like, volunteers and people, they clearly needed to have more of that to yeah. support something like this. But I think if you're going to have a vaccine thing, like, have a line where, you know, there's 20 stations that people can get their vaccine status checked, and then, like, a few lines where if you've already been checked, you can just go through. And then, you know, you have another section where you can pick up your tickets or you can check in, and then, you know... at the doors to the building you check or like your weapons or that sort of thing or some order of that where you're splitting it up so you're not bottlenecking in one single place right well there are a couple things they could have done um one of the things they could have done is something they actually did do for the second and third day which is have separate lines for separate groups of people so Mm -hmm. you had a line for people who Already had their, they had their badge. They had already been vax checked. And it did go much better the second and third days. And and didn't need to pick anything up. So for that line, you didn't need anything. You just went on through. You showed your wristband. You showed your pass and you're good. Then there was another line for people who had their badge but hadn't been vax checked yet. And then there was the last line for people who didn't have anything. Mm. And I think that would have worked out really well on the first day. Another thing they could have done in order to save a lot of time would be to have used a vaccine, um, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, a vaccine, a proof of vaccine service. So there's a bunch of these out. One of them is called Clear. And what that what they do is for venues and events, it allows you to pre-register your, your vaccine screening. Mm. So they could have had like an entirely separate entrance for people oh, who had that, already been pre-screened. That'd be good. So you could just walk up, you can show your QR code, and they can scan it. You can scan it with any phone or anything yeah, like yeah. that, and then it just says "good to go," and you you just go on in. Yeah. And I feel like that would have also alleviated a lot of pressure on um, these lines. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think overall, you know, the biggest takeaway as far as the lines are concerned is just you need to have a line management plan in place before. Yeah. You even they were start. scrambling to address this yeah situation. like they they for some reason and i can't imagine because at some level you have to know how many people are coming just even not even from a covid standpoint just from a 
an event safety standpoint. You yeah. need to be aware of how many people you're having come here. And if you see that it's getting to the level where it's going to become ungainly with the lines, you have to have a, a contingency plan in place. This is just this is just a, a principle of event management. Yeah. Um, and what I think is interesting, too, is that best person cat, um, while in line for <laughs> three and a half hours, sent an email uh, to... Um, the organizers of it uh, with pictures attached and was pointing out like that it was not safe to have this giant group of people that literally kind of just formed like just this massive swarm. Yeah. Um, Which went for blocks by the way. For blocks, but they were all pressed together and, and it was also like sub 40 degrees windy, like right off the water. Like a lot of people got sick. A lot of people just, you know, rage quit the line, yep. you know, um, and, and didn't even end up going to the con. Cause like, why would they come back the next day if they expected the, you know, yeah. same thing to happen? Absolutely. Um, Kat sent an email, um, w- received uh, a very uh, kind of like defensive and scathing yeah. return back and was like, don't compare us to like uh, New York Comic Con or something like that, which, which, she did not do but it's also a very wild response because like if you're gonna hold if you're trying to hold an event on the same level as new york city comic con yeah you're gonna be compared to them and like it in past years maybe anime nyc hasn't quite been at the same level of new york city comic con but for you know based on what we saw this year it's getting the amount of the amount of people that were there like yeah turnout was enormous yeah um, turnout definitely outstripped, especially vendors too. Yeah. Um, which we'll get into in a sec, but we should talk more about these emails because yeah. it's, it's wild. She has, I think since gotten three or four more emails from them. And there was definitely like some sort of miscommunication about what was going on because like, you can definitely see like kind of like emails fired off by people without a, any sort of like plan that we're just like responding because they needed to yeah, respond. Cause you're in damage control mode. Yeah. And then like, as they progress, like the last one is like very clear, like very form filled, like about what was going on. And so like what I will say, and I think is ultimately a positive, even though it took a long while and a lot of stumbling to get there is that they are on top of communicating and yeah. trying to make it right. So I know that they are processing refunds, for people, so if you are someone who rage quit from the line, like reach out to them. Um, you shouldn't pay for something that you weren't able to go to, and it yeah. seems like they're honoring that. So good on Anime NYC for for doing that. Yeah, and I mean, like you know, this is we're 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 starting off a little bit critical, obviously, because this is kind of it's the elephant in the room. We have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, you know that this isn't to say that we didn't have fun or yes. that the event was bad. Like, I specifically put on our docket the things that we liked that we want to talk about yeah, too. And, but I just wanted to, you know, it's important for us to address this, especially as we're hopefully knock on wood emerging from covid who knows now yeah but we got um, omicron to look forward to <laughs> yeah. now new covid dropped y'all <laughs> um but like you know events are gonna have to be thought of in a in a much different way yeah than they ever you, have it's and, we we have talked so long about this new normal and you just can't do things the same way they very much tackled this like the same way that it used to be but like spread out 
you know, yeah. and like, you know, one extra step of check-in, but it, it's not that. It was a much more complicated procedure. Yeah, you have to take a more and a more mindful eye to the the finer details when it comes to crowd management, when it comes to event planning. And like this this isn't necessarily just about COVID either. This of course has to do this is you know, this is all taking place in the shadow of what happened down in Houston at the um Travis Scott show, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to managing large groups of people, there are a lot of safety concerns and you have to be proactive about it. Uh, you can't be reactive. If you're, if you're reacting to the situation, it's already too late. Yeah. Um, so I think they, they have a lot of, they have a lot of lessons that they should have hopefully learned this time around to yeah. apply next year. And I look forward to going back next year and, and seeing if, yeah. if they have learned those lessons. And if you're, if you're listening, please don't revoke our press passes because <laughs> we were critical, but yes. <laughs> um, but we ultimately want it to be better because we love anime NYC and we'll definitely talk about that too. Yeah. Um, the actually kind of the only other like last complaint other than like the you know handling of all that is uh i just wish there were more food vendors oh there. my gosh the, the food lines the foods were great the lines were super long because there was only so many things there best boy mark and i waited in line for two and a half hours Ooh. for takoyaki at carl's balls Ooh. now i will say this it was worth it Carl's Balls is fantastic. They have the best takoyaki that you can get inside, you know, outside of Japan. Um, but, like, holy crap. Like, first of all, they need to move that line inside. There's no reason why there was so much extra space this year mm -hmm. that they could have stuck the other they food They had another in there. food truck inside, too. Yeah. So they can drive the trucks inside. There was no reason for it to be outside. Next year, everything needs to be inside. Uh, yeah, you and if can't Carl's have balls, if... outside lines in November in and, New York. <laughs> and part of the thing that's that was messed up about it was on the first day because everything was so messed up. <gasps> yeah. They were like, I asked, I asked one of the security people, I was like, hey, can I go outside and get online for this food and come back in? And she was like, no, you have to wait on the line if you want to come back in. Now I at the time was so frazzled, I forgot that I could have come back through the press entrance. But like, if I was somebody who didn't have a press pass and I wanted to go out and get food. I would have had to wait in another two and a half hour line to get back inside. Yeah. That's wild. They fixed that on the second day. Thank God. But still wild. Um, yeah. Poor Carl's they Balls. They missed out on a lot of sales, I'm sure. No, they did not. Oh, Carl's everyone Balls in did line. fine. Okay. <laughs> Carl's Balls sold out every day they were there, yep. for sure. <laughs> um, shout out to Carl's Balls. They're awesome. They, they you know, they tagged us back on, on Instagram, so that's awesome. Oh, nice. Um, and their food was great. But, yes, they definitely need more food vendors. The food that we did have there was good. Um, I I don't think I had anything that was particularly bad. I would say maybe the bubble tea was a little overpriced for what it was. Yeah. But the karage um, curry was pretty good. Yeah, I'm good. super bummed that I didn't get to try that. I'll have to make my own. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some cosplay things. Yeah, there saw. was a lot of great cosplay around. Um, there was so much Demon Slayer. I, you know, you always go in and you wonder, like, what's going to be, like, the thing? Because there's always a yeah. thing. Um, and it was Demon Slayer, for sure. Yeah, which I was not super surprised about. Yeah. There was, you know, everywhere you looked, there was a Tanjiro, there was a Nezuko, I think there I was, was surprised just by how overwhelming it was. It's like uh, My Hero in the past, or... Yeah, which there were also a lot of My Hero. There were a lot um, of My Hero. There were a ton of Inoskes. There were a lot of Inosuke crossplays, which I thought were really great. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of Nezukos in boxes, yep. of course. 
Um, I think one person was dressed as Tanjiro and they had their little wiener dog mm. in the box as, as, as a Nezuko. Oh, that's so good. Which was super cute. But there were a bunch of Tokyo Manji gangs out there. A lot of them were really good. Yeah, there were um, a few Valhalla, which was cool. Yeah, uh, it you was, haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting to see how there was there were two camps in the whole Tokyo Manji cro- uh, co- cosplay. The people thing. who covered up the Manji and those who did it. Yeah, people who did and did it. And I understand why people who did it did it because like. If I had, if I was dressing up as Tokyo Manji Gang, I at the very least I would have covered it while I was on the train, I, like, especially in our neighborhood. Like yeah. we live next to a very, very populated by Hasidic Jewish neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think there would definitely be some, some double, double takes on that. Yeah. Um. But overall, the they were really good. Um. I'm trying to think. I we saw a lot of really good Mikeys. I saw Mikey a couple Kun. good dragons too. Dragon Kun. Um, um, it was great. You know what? And it makes total sense because it's like it's such an easy cosplay when mm-hmm. you think about it. It's like black pants and a shirt. Yeah, totally. Um, and I guess uh, along the lines of of easy cosplays, I want to. This one's at the bottom of the list, but it just works so well here. House husband. Yeah. So many house husband cosplays. There, I love the crossplays of it. There we was saw a, a few really couples. good. But I think my favorite though. Um, was there was one couple that did him that did the house husband and they did his wife mm-hmm. um, and his his wife uh, the 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 person who was cosplaying his wife was really good yeah. like she had like the perfect hair she one. had like the the dress with the pencil skirt mm-hmm. I was like yes this is perfect but there were a lot of really good house husbands I actually thought about doing it because I actually have the house husband apron mm-hmm. uh, and I like once you have the apron all you need is a suit. And some sunglasses. Yeah. Um, uh, there was I my absolute favorite one I saw in terms of crossplay was um, a Winry from Full oh, Metal yeah. Alchemist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. That was really good. Um, With like just the hairiest chest and yeah. the like tube top. It was well. Great. That's what I, I also I wanted to cosplay this year. Um, I wanted to do a Galguda crossplay. Um, and like I basically wanted to like have all the same clothes and like have shark. the wig and the teeth and like the trident, but then just be me. So like <laughs> have like you know like hairy legs and whatever. Um, but it just didn't happen. I wasn't able to get everything together in time. But uh, it would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, it would have been real cold though. Yeah, um, there was a lot of high Q. There um, was a lot of high Q. That's pretty much to be expected. Um, a pretty decent showing of fire force, especially yeah. the the pink haired captain. Oh, Captain Hibana. Yeah, that I was, was kind great. of surprised that like because uh, there were just like a lot of like just you know fire force kind of uh, jumpsuits. Yeah, um, which is what I'm gonna put together for the next con. Yeah, but Hibana was like the one like character that seemed to be represented there. Yeah, I there was one Hibana who was walking around, and I would see her probably like two or three times each day, and every time I saw her, I fell in love. I was like, you are perfect, and I would like to marry you. Craigslist mix misconnections. Yeah, right? Like, were you dressed as a really amazing Captain Hibana at Anime NYC? <laughs> no, she was great. They were all great. The Fire Force, uh, I did see a really good Maki cosplay. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, it was just like this really, really buff person. Um, and, and they had like the, the hat, like the wizard hat. And I was like, yes, that's, I like that. That's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, a lot of really great cosplay. We saw one, we saw a Gundam cosplay. There was a guy who had like a cardboard uh, Gundam like cosplay set up that was good. Um, yeah, just like really fun. 
what you come to expect, you know, for Anime NYC. Because, like, you see stuff like this at other, like, conventions probably, too. Like, there's a, a lot of cross-play, cosplay and dressing up. But I feel like when you have a convention specifically for anime, yeah. you get a lot of stuff that you don't see elsewhere. Yeah, though it's also fun to see the people who don't wear anime. Uh, oh, yeah, we saw some Captain America. Yeah, and-, and, and for those people, I'm just, like, I don't feel as though they're out of place. It's just, like... They get, like, their thing is they want to cosplay as, like, that character. And you can only do that at conventions, really, yeah. for the most part. So it's like, yeah, go as many as you want. Like, do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun yeah. uh, overall. Up next, uh, I've put in a Gundam section. And believe it or not, it was me yeah. who did it. So cue the Gundam music. Uh, so one of the big stories for our con was actually hunting for Gundams. Yeah, we did a lot of Gundam hunting. Uh, which, um, so actually, uh, there, there is one kind of other big thing that I want to kind of like point out. It was there was a lack of some of the bigger vendors, right? Yeah. And, and this will lead into the Gundam thing, I swear. Um, but like Funimation wasn't there, Viz wasn't there, High Dive wasn't there, um, and like for me, the first thing I wanted to do was hit up Viz because right. I figured they would be there. They were there the last time. They've been at every uh, New York uh, Comic Con, um, and I love their booth because they give away great bags, and they usually have like really cool like uh, limited edition like things from Shonen Jump, which is where a lot of shows I love come from. Right. Um, but none of them were there, so. A lot of the things that I was expecting to be like a slam dunk of like, oh, this is what I'm going to get at Anime NYC were not present. So one of the big things that we ended up doing a lot of hunting for were uh, Gundam models because there were a few different shops there that had a bunch of like really cool stuff that uh, were either uh, not available online or were really expensive online. So we get got to get like a bunch of like really cool stuff for... I think pretty reasonable prices. Yeah, I was actually, I was fairly surprised that Gundam Planet was not there um, because they're only over in New Jersey. Uh, I was very much expecting them to be there. But we did find, I think it was like three or four shops that were selling a decent amount of Gunpla. There were a bunch of shops that had like a couple kits, but like mm. there were three main shops that had kits. Yeah. Um, like it had a decent amount of them. Uh, one of them was way overpriced, but they did have a limited edition P Bandai Death Scythe Endless Waltz yeah. Master Grade kit that I was like, oh, I want it so bad. Yeah. It was like $110. So I, I told myself, I was like, if it's still there on the third day, <laughs> I'll see if I can get it for $75. But I, it was gone. I, I went back the second day um, to get stuff for myself, and I looked for it, and I could not. Yeah. It, it was gone. I'm not so surprised that it was gone. That kit is way out of print. It will probably never be coming back. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised someone snatched it up. Um, there were a lot of, uh, I think probably the the best vendor for Gundams that was there this year was that Luna Park mm-hmm. uh, game store. Yeah, where is that? They're based out of Queens, if I remember. We're going correctly. to Queens. Yeah, we're going to go. Um, but they had kits at very reasonable prices. Yeah. They had a very good selection. I picked up um, I picked up an HG Greys from Iron-Blooded Orphans. Uh, I picked up an HG Zaku 2 F2. Um, and I also grabbed a... Um, 
uh, system-based kit. So it's like a little display kit for, for your Gundams, um, which is hard to find for some reason. Best person, Mike, got a Star Wars ship. Yes. Um, best person, Cat, got uh, two, uh, Zaku and a Goof. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, she got she got some some Xeon boys. Yeah, which is gonna uh, paint in nail polish, and it's gonna be totally rad. Mm. Um, I got uh, what did I get? I got a Granddaddy Gundam. Um, I got a couple of uh, Iron Blooded Orphan uh, Gundams. I guess I'm gonna like make that collection. Yeah. Um, but the most exciting one I got was, like, uh, an add-on kit, which, like, the weapons were, like, kind of cool. There were, like, a couple good ones, but a couple ones I didn't care about in it. But there was a mobile worker in it, which I thought was super rad. So I'm really excited to build my little mobile worker. Yeah, I'm super excited about the Zaku kit that I got because it has a... It's one of those... I tend to buy kits that have cool backstories. I like to get the weird variations on stuff that you don't see everywhere. This one is one that was... It takes place in a, in a side... Not a side story. It's, it's kind of like an OVA, but like an OVA series. Um, basically where the Earth Federation has captured a bunch of Zaku mobile suits and is using them as training suits for like their recruits. Mm-hmm. So like it's got a different paint job. It's got slightly different weapons. And like that kind of stuff like doesn't interest most people. But like as far as like like you said, you're collecting the IBO stuff. That's the kind of stuff that I mm-hmm. like to collect. Um, so I have that. So now my backlog is nine kits um, <laughs> that I have sitting on oh, build. God, mine's now like four or five. Yeah, uh, that's nine if you don't count the system base and the action base <laughs> and like a couple of the other little adjacent stuff that I have sitting you there. You gotta get a little like thing to display them all now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we did a lot of Gundam hunting. That's some stuff that we did. But we also found some other kind of... Uh, esoteric weird things um yeah i kind of want to go over like some of our our favorite finds um for me the the top three that come to mind other than the gundams are i got this um shirt the only clothing i got was a shirt and it was like an anime version of the morton salt girl oh Um, yeah which it just tickled me we should take a moment to talk about the clothing while we're on the subject um you know we talked about how well, there's streetwear. There, we talked about how like COVID was kind of like the overarching narrative of this uh, con, and I feel like oh yeah, Mass. it reared its head in a in an interesting way, in that clothing was hard to find in larger sizes this year, and yes. part of the reason for that is the supply chain is yes. still in disarray. Now, last time we went. We didn't have any trouble finding clothes in 2X or 3X. Yeah. Like, those were, we, you know, we, just about we're everyone We're big best boys. We're big boys. Uh, but for the most part, everyone had them. Sometimes they cost, like, two bucks extra or whatever, which is not unusual. But this year around, almost impossible. Like, yeah. one of the shops that I really enjoyed, Jelly Momo, which is where we bought yeah. our Demon Slayer sweatshirts, had nothing in anything in size XL. And some of their stuff, they didn't have anything in larger than a large. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, there was a lot of really interesting clothes that just <laughs> were not available to your beefy boys. <laughs> the beefy boys. That's our spinoff podcast. Oh, God. Uh, that could be our spinoff food podcast. Oh, the God, beefy no. boys. <laughs> the beefy boys. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's for real. Uh, also kind of interesting note, too, in talking about clothing that I just thought of was the mask situation there. Everyone was really great about wearing masks, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but what was 
particularly interesting was how cosplayers handled their masks. Yeah. There were some people who would like color coordinate with it. Um, there were some people who went like kind of the like nude colored like thing. I saw one with like nude colored and like a, a plastic screen over the mouth so you could see the mouth like with an attempt to kind of like blend it in. And yeah. Make you not see the mask. Um, and then there were just characters who like masks were part of the character like you know nezuko like yeah i uh, saw one really good one which is probably if like what i would have done if i was going to do my galguda cosplay which was another person who was doing a galguda cosplay and they had the mask with galguda's teeth oh yeah and i was like that's perfect yeah so it, it the, there were a lot of interesting options out there there were also a lot of ahigao masks of course this <laughs> is the place for it um, um speaking of ahigao masks faku had a booth there yes. which i was not <laughs> expecting at all their booth was suitably terrible um, um it was kind of hilarious though but if you're a, a degenerate who likes all that stuff you would have been it is thrilled. exactly what you would have expected yes it was yes absolutely god she takes card <laughs> that was just that was hilarious that wasn't the faku booth though yeah. um i also got a um darling in the franks like key tag like those little like fabric like red tags that you put on your keys um honestly the reason i love that is that it's just been super useful i use it every day now yeah um but probably my best find of the whole con was my love hina alarm clock uh yeah that was wild it was wild. We that was like the first day we had been in there for like a few minutes. We stopped in the shop to look at like Gundams. some Gundams they had on the wall, and we we're like just heading out. And I like took a step back and I looked and I saw this like little blue alarm clock and I saw this like anime girl's face on it. And I like looked at it and I was like, "Is that Naru?" And I looked closer and it said like Naru Narasegawa on it. Yeah, I was like. Is this a Love Hina alarm clock? <laughs> like analog alarm clock? Yeah. And it wasn't. It was five dollars. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. This totally. is just such a weird little tiny piece of anime anime memorabilia from like a lot like Yeah. It was so twenty five years ago that like I was like absolutely must own. Yeah, it was so worth it. Um, I think my favorite uh, grab, I didn't get too much because I was a little strapped for cash because that's how life is sometimes. Um, but uh, I mostly bought pins and buttons and stickers. Mm -hmm. But my favorite thing that I bought was one that I could not stop myself from. And I was I had been looking sort of for like a Gundam poster. And I saw mm -hmm. one at this shop in Artist Alley. And I was like, ah. I was like, I like it a lot, but like, you know, I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to it after, you know, a day, and we'll see how I still feel about it. And literally, 20 minutes later, on the other end of Artist Alley, I passed by a Gundam poster, and I was like, that immediately, right now, I need it now. <laughs> um, I got a really good Gundam poster. It's like a like a movie style. Um, kind of poster with a drawing of the granddaddy Gundam on the front mm. and it says Gundamu in, in Japanese on top. It, it looks just fantastic. Um, I can't wait to get a uh, a frame for it and put it up in my room. Yeah, no, that's going to be a good one. That was a good get. Um, but yeah, so some things that we loved about the con um, is seeing tables for other cons yeah. that were there. I thought that was pretty cool. Would there, I was... The only other, like, little con I've been to is Flame Con in New York. Um, I've been to, like, a few other larger cons out there. Um, but it was really nice to see a, there were probably, like, six or seven 
um, little cons from around the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. Um, I definitely want to head down to Philly to check out a couple of them. I yeah. think there might have been one in like Boston. There was um, one in Maryland. Um, yeah. A bunch of like ones not too far away, maybe like a bus or a, a train right away. And I think it's really cool. And I want to kind of get down to some of the more like local cons and see what's going on there. Yeah, because I feel like one of, one of the things where Anime NYC definitely does suffer, it suffers from success a little bit in mm. that there's so much to do and there's so much yeah. to see. And there's so many other people there that you kind of end up missing out on some things that maybe with a smaller con you might have more you know, time to experience and things to see and things to do and people to meet um, when you're not in such a rush to do and see everything before you're out of time, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, we love seeing all the cosplay and the food. Um, I really also like that this year, I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Artist Alley was much larger than it was in the past. Artist Alley was much larger. They opened up an extra floor of the Javits Center. Uh, in my opinion... They probably should have opened up yet another floor. Well, I've seen them do Artist Alley in a di in a different wing of Javits or underneath. Underneath is probably what I would have gone with. Yeah, that um, and for uh, New York City Comic Con, the underneath is for like lines for the big panels. Okay, yeah. Um, but they Which didn't they use did. that room at all. They could have just made that whole thing Artist Alley. And I think that would have done better because then you would have had more space for your other vendors up yeah. top. Yeah, and you could have um, spread it out more, especially if you're going to have... Because there were definitely some vendors people. that were cramped. Like, yeah, well, even Artist Alley was, like, difficult to navigate. Yeah, but, like, you know, like, um, Kino Kunia could have used a much larger space, for Oh, sure. absolutely. Like and they, more cash registers. And more cash registers. It was funny, because, like, you had to... You basically... You were walking through Kino Kunia's space, and, like, you had to grab what you wanted. Then you had to leave the space... And get on the line that wraps around the yeah. outside of the space to check out. There was one point where they were so full that they had two lines. One to get in and then one yeah. to pay for. <laughs> Which was wild. Um, you know, we didn't do a whole lot of shopping at Kino Kunia, Mainly because, like... There's one in We could Brian go to Park. Kino Kunia anytime. Yeah. Uh, I will say... Though they... I want to go to the one in New Jersey, too. Yeah, we'll have to make a trip out there to see Best Boy Mark. Um, but yeah, I think there were a lot of really fun, fun things to do there. Um, I I loved Artist Alley being bigger. I would like it to be bigger still. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't go to as many panels as there we was had also an to. inflation of pins. Pins were expensive. Oh this yeah, year. yeah, that's right. Because like I remember when we went in 2019, the going rate for pins was about eight bucks. Maybe I paid fifteen dollars for more than one pin. Yeah, like there were. I think I feel like the base price for pins this year was twelve bucks, mm -hmm. and then you could easily pay more. Like I think for the Inosuke pin that I I got a little pin. That is Inosuke from Dragon Slayer, but like as a wolf dog. And that was a super cute pin. I think that Dragon was like 16 Slayer? bucks. Demon Slayer? Demon Slayer. What did I, say? <laughs> I was like, Demon I want to watch Dragon Slayer. No, no, that no, sounds Demon rad. Slayer. Yeah, and it was like 16 bucks. But like, I feel like there, you definitely felt the inflation, especially yeah. with pins. Stickers, not so much. I feel like stickers were probably around the same price ish. Yeah. Um, there were some pricey. There, uh, there were a lot more. Um, like bumper grade stickers yeah there was here which i actually like because well, yeah. those will last a lot longer well i put some of those on my on my tablet i got a kana sticker and a toru sticker and they're like little like peeking up above oh the edge. I, I so i took my um 
uh, Yuru Camp girls, and I put them on one of my uh, cof- like to-go coffee-like containers, uh-huh. so that like if you turn it around, it's like both of their like heads like, oh, that's peeking cute. up from the bottom of the mug. It's it turned out really cute. Yeah. So yeah, there were some fun stuff. You definitely feel the inflation. Um, hopefully, you know the economy stabilizes a little bit before the next one. So like. <laughs> We can find T-shirts in our size, and maybe pins don't cost twelve bucks. <laughs> yeah, if if we could figure out this whole global supply crisis, so we can get more anime merch tailored to us. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, some stuff that we uh, we did do, we didn't do too many panels, um, and I feel like that's mainly because like my experience on the first day with panels was rough. Like I again, like we're talking about lines. I lined up for the. Um, which panel was it? It was the Aniplex industry panel a half hour before it was due to start. And I almost didn't get in. Yeah. Like I was in an overflow line and I was That's like, crazy. geez, but you know, we did hear about some good stuff. Kaguya-sama love is war. We got to see a promotional episode. Um, not a promotional. It was like a mini episode. It is up on their face, uh, their YouTube channel now. So Ooh, if I'm you want to check it out, it. it's a fun little like mini story that is like designed to talk about how the show is coming back, but they do it from a very interesting perspective. Um, so you get to see Ishigami and you get to see the president kind of like geeking out a little bit, which is fun. Um, but we also found out, uh, at the crunchy roll, I think it was the crunchy roll, um, uh, blah, 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 panel, um, that there is one of the manga that I read is getting an anime that looks really good, and Ooh. it's uh, Shikimori Isn't Just a Cutie, which is a weird title. Uh, I don't think there's a good translation of it, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's basically, it's this show about this kid. He's really clumsy. He has really bad luck. So, like, he's always falling over. He drops mm. things. He loses important documents. And, like, he tends to get sick on the day before, like, you know, very big events. And, like, he ends up dating this girl who is, like, she's, like, got her shit together. Like, she's always, like, anytime he, like, goes to fall over, she catches him. And, like, <laughs> like anytime he lo- she, he loses something, she, like, finds it right away. So, like, she's kind of, like... That a, sounds adorable. Yeah, she's, like, a foil to his, like, kind of clumsiness. Um, and it's a really, really cute um, manga, and I think it's going to be a really great show. Well, that's also, like, kind of gender-swapped from how that... Yeah. story kind of normally plays out yeah you definitely kind of have this more of a like um a less macho male character which i think is is, is really good um and also like the side romance plots are really fun too um so i'm looking forward to it i i didn't do i didn't do too much more in the way of like going to panels this time around again just because the lines were so long and there was so much mm-hmm. stuff that i wanted to do otherwise um best boy jp uh and i both got tickets to movies that were airing but like i ended up not going um simply because like it took me the amount of time that we were able to be on the floor to kind of like fully see everything because i wanted to like really go through everything yeah um and there were like some panels that i was interested in but it just wasn't worth taking away you know i feel like hour and a half including wait time before panels to to go but that's just my own personal con preference i would have been more likely to see the movies if they were after the floor closed yeah that would have been cool like if they were like if there was like all right floors closed at seven movie starts at you know at eight yeah you know know, stay till 10 or whatever the case may be um i would have been more likely to see them then uh i do feel like they definitely should have maybe thought 
a little about exp- extending the hours that the floor is open, mm-hmm. um, especially for next year if it's going to have the same level of attendance. Maybe you want to keep the floor open till ten. Maybe you want to open the floor earlier on Friday. Yeah. Um, Some so, of that's just about money too. And yeah, yeah. But they definitely could, you know, use the money of all the people that are attending to do things like pay for more time in the space to start, you know, the day earlier on Friday and maybe yeah. load in the night before or something like that. So. Um, but I guess yeah. Overall takeaways. Uh, I had fun. I'm. I yeah. was really glad. Oh, we didn't talk about. Yes, we can't do overall takeaways yet because one of I, us. Yeah, I was waiting. One for of us part. took away an unexpected present from Anime NYC. Um, let's what, not name. Yeah, the one, person. one of our one of the people in our group did actually catch COVID. Um, I. It sounds like it may have happened before the. Con. It might have. Yeah, I. I. You know, given what I know about the incubation period and so on and so forth, I'm not yeah. immunologist or whatever. But I, it, it's it's likely that they caught it beforehand, but. Which was also interesting because we were around the person the whole weekend. Yeah, um, we shared drinks. Yes, I did which anyway. also in hindsight, like we shouldn't share drinks with people, and but whatever. you know, it happens. Um, my whole family scolded me for that, but like, not a single person, um, including their significant other, um, contracted it in yeah. our group. Um, they were contact traced, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. There were there wasn't really a point where they were um, unmasked near anyone else at the con or anything like that. And uh, they honestly didn't even, you know, really feel anything, uh, you know, in terms of health wise during it. So it's it is another reason why that like you know. This is not a political podcast, but this is not a political statement. Like, it is good that vaccinations were required for this con. It, you know, this is how it protected people. And we actually got to see that live in action. Yeah. In that all of our vaccines protected us. Yeah. So go get vaccinated if you're not already. <laughs> yeah. And get a make booster. Sure your friends do it too. Get your boosters. And we'll, you know, that way we can all see you again at Anime NYC next year. Um, um, but yeah, so that was, that was kind of a wild twist to the end. Cause we found out probably the day after anime NYC. No, it was two days two because days I was, I, I was already planning on getting a, a COVID test during my lunch break I, that day. Well, I got one, I got one Monday the day afterwards and then I was going to get one again on Wednesday anyway, just cause of the incubation period. Right. I, I mean, I just could, I can't go on Mondays cause yeah. Monday's a wild day, but like I was, I was already planning on getting a, a COVID test on Tuesday during my lunch. Lunch. Like I'd talk to my manager, like, "Hey, you know, I want to take a long lunch to get a COVID test." He's like, "Yeah, whatever." But um, you know, when I found out <laughs> that one of our party had had it, I went up to my manager. I was like, "I need to go now." Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and he was like, "Yeah, go." Um, but you know, it turned out fine. I you know came up negative. My PCR came up negative. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, Anime NYC, I had a really good time. Um, thank you to. Uh, Crunchyroll and Left Field Media for giving us press passes. That yes. was really rad. We appreciate um, it. That's probably the coolest thing we've done since we started the podcast. Um, I think. Yeah. Be, get to like actually be press at an event and talk about it. And and I know that we like harped a lot about you know the negatives. And and again, it's it's just because we really enjoy anime NYC and uh, you know we want it to be fun and safe for everyone. Yeah. Um, so that's about it for us. You know, let us know in the comments. Send us an email. Send us a, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. If you were there, what did you think? 
Um, what did you see that you liked? What didn't you like? Are you going to go next year? Um, you know, you can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com or you can send us a DM at tw- on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we hope to see you again next year. And guess what? Best boy, Justin. What's that, best boy, Dan? Guess what time of year it is. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck.